sing, I am saved from the awful gulf of sin. His joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. And His joy unspeakable and full of glory of a half has never yet been told. I found that hope so bright and clear, living in the realm of grace. For the Savior's presence is so near. I can see his smiling face. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been torn. I found the joy no tongue can tell. How his ways of glory roll. Like a great overflowing well, springing up within my soul. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory of the half has never yet been told. to invite you once again to turn your Bibles this evening to Luke in chapter 1. 
going to look at verse 76 down through verse 79. This is the, the same text we came from this morning. And this morning we were talking much about John the Baptist and the message that he had. But I want you to think about something else with me. As I was uh, digging through this, the message for Sunday morning, uh, last week, earlier in the week, there's something that just kept grabbing at my heart. Something that just kept trying to get my attention. And I pray that it will grab your attention as well tonight. The Bible states in verse 76, And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto His people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. Our text comes from verse 79, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our way in the way of peace. To guide our feet in the way of peace. The most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, and Lord, as we bow before your throne tonight, we do so. Once again, thankful. Thankful that we know that you hear our prayers. Not only that you hear our prayers, but that you gather with your children where they are gathered to worship you in spirit and truth. Lord, I pray that you bless us this evening. I pray, Lord, that you would fill this house with thy glory. May every person in this place be able to walk away rejoicing tonight. Lord, may there, may there be those that find sweet relief this evening. Many are they that fear death when it comes. Many have a right to fear death because they're not ready for that day. But to your children, there's a promise given that our death is only the entrance into eternal life. And Lord, that we can come to that place in existence in a peaceful manner and in a manner that helps us to rejoice. Lord, I pray that you'll give us understanding of thy word this evening. Lord, I know that when death is mentioned, many just think of morbid thoughts. But death to thy children is not so. It is a time when our frail spirits and souls will be renewed as we wait for that change of our bodies. Lord, I pray that you will just open up the windows of heaven upon us this evening. Through thy tender mercy, Lord, grant unto us a healing of the mind, soul, and body. Forgive us, Lord, our sin. In Jesus Christ's name, his sake that I pray. And amen. I want to bring a message tonight through his tender mercies. You know, as we oftentimes 
hear individuals as they talk of death. They look at death as a morbid thought. It is a scary thought, and it is a time when even among God's people, it's a time where we have never been. But as I look at this text tonight, there's something that is mentioned here that I believe should grab your attention. The Bible states in verse 79, to, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends, tonight's message will deal much with God's tender mercies when it comes to us, His children. There are those things in life which may cause much anxiety with our hearts, with our minds, things which take us and our emotions to places beyond our control. A realm which everything is out of our hands. Places of fear for the unknown and places of loss of control. But our scripture reading tonight speaks of that which goes beyond and above this spectacular birth and special events just prior to the Lord's birth. John the Baptist was also going to announce this fact. That God would bring forth a well of mercy for His children in every part of their existence. From life all the way to death, we have a place of peace and comfort offered. So first of all tonight, I want you to think about this. He gives light to those who are in darkness. In verse 77 down through verse 79, we see the promise given. Where the Bible here declares to give knowledge of salvation unto His people by the remission of their sins. That's speaking about salvation, folks. To give knowledge of salvation unto His people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. To give us light. Now, as I stop right there for just a moment on that phrase, to give light, I want you to consider this. This is a twofold occurrence in our lives. First of all, through His tender mercy, He has shown the light of His salvation unto each and every one of us that are saved by His amazing grace. It was He who enlightened us. It was He who had quickened us and brought us to a place where we could see for the first time that we were dead in trespasses and sins. That's what the light has done to us. It has revealed unto us that we were in need. The light revealed unto us that we were dead in trespasses in. The light revealed unto us that we were yet in darkness and a child of wrath as the book of Ephesians speaks of so eloquently. Listen, I want you to know tonight that as the Bible states here in 1 John chapter 1 
As I spoke to even this morning in verse 5 down through verse 10, the Bible shows us that, listen, we have been sinners who have been quickened and made alive. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 talks about the fact of how that we're made alive. But when you go back to verse 1, where the Bible states, and you hath he quickened, who were what? Dead in trespasses and sin. Folks, I want you to know something tonight. That in this first phase of light to the dark world, it was to reveal the fact that we were sinners in need of salvation. Amen. We were those that were in need. And you know what? You don't realize that until the Lord quickens you and shows you that you have that need. Now listen, there is this thing of guilt. That I mentioned a week or so ago. Listen, guilt is one of those factors that comes upon all men. Nature itself proves to you that there's a God. And you're guilty if you don't serve Him. Your hearts are pricked because of that unwillingness to come under His lead and under His guide. That's what the Bible does for you. The Bible, the Word of God, the voice of the Almighty, written in Word, listen, pricks the heart of the sinner and makes him guilty. Therefore, as I spoke a few weeks ago, listen, there are no innocent people in hell. Every person that's in hell is there because they deserve it, because they have refused to come to the light. Folks, that's all there is to it. Now, The Bible states this in the second phase as we think about this. Through His tender mercies, He not only reveals salvation unto us, but He gives knowledge and wisdom to the redeemed. You know that you can't even begin to understand the Word of God until first of all your spiritual side has been saved. Until that 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 moment of quickening has come to light in your life. Listen, I've heard men tell me all my life that they know this book from cover to cover and yet they've never trusted the Lord as their Savior. They may know the words of the book, but they don't know the book that the words words contain. They don't know the spiritual side of this holy book. They may know the physical words. They may see them. They may even hear them. But listen, they have never been changed and therefore they cannot understand. For the carnal mind is enmity against God. Man cannot even begin to understand the Word of God until he's first saved by His miraculous grace. That grace that we call amazing grace. It is that grace that makes us and brings us to a time when we are saved by His amazing grace and then He teaches us through His Word. That's what the Bible teaches us here. The Bible teaches in 1 Corinthians, I believe it is in chapter 2, that listen, it is, uh, it is the spiritual mind that can take in the Word of God and understand it. What is the man... The, the, the flesh of man. I mean, what does he know? He knows the things of man. That's what the Bible says. That's the reason why knowledge is increased in the world today. So much so that, that, men, that men have begun to think that they're God. Listen, I want you to know something. When they get revealed who the real God is, they'll know. They'll know then. 
But listen, in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 5, the Bible speaks to a time when the ancients knew not the full mystery of the gospel plan. But God hath enlightened us through the beautiful gospel message and His Spirit shines in our hearts, not only giving us light of salvation, but also the light of revelation. Folks, I'll tell you what. It's good to be saved by God's amazing grace because if you can sit down and ask God to reveal His Word unto you, you know what? It'll begin to unfold before your very eyes. Your minds and your hearts will be filled with the spiritual things that God wants you to get a hold of. Now there are men today that are writing all kinds of self-help books. The Joe Osteens of the world are getting rich off of people just like us. Well, not just like us, but you know, people in general. Folks, I want you to know something. You know what the greatest help book is? To the redeemed, it's God's Word. It's God's voice. The Bible here is God's holy Word. And this is the Word that gives us direction, gives us light, gives us understanding, gives us education. It is this Word that reveals what God is and who God is to His children. You know what? I still believe that God wants you to know Him. I still believe that according to His Word, His, His, His Word which is revealed to us, this is, this is everything that God wants you to know right here. Will we ever get it all? I don't believe we'll ever get it all. And don't, don't, uh, don't listen to a man that says he's already got it all figured out because he doesn't. God's Word is the living Word. Do you know what it does? It continues to give. Not, not new things, but He opens up your understanding to hear the things that He wants you to know. The revealed Word of God is what we hold in our laps here today. The reason why that I'm so, I'm so stuck on the KJV, listen, is because this is God's Word to men today as far as the English Word is concerned. This is God's Word to us. And folks, I don't see no reason why to change it. You begin to mess with the Word of God, His revelation. And you know what happens? You take out the virgin birth. You take out the virgin birth, you have no salvation. Think about it. What's so special about a young woman conceiving? But it's special in the King James Version when it says a virgin conceived. Who knew not a man. Folks, I want you to know something. That means something to me. And you know what? That's revealed to you and I here today. In the world today, they don't get it. They don't care. They say, well, what's, what's it matter? <laughs> Folks, it matters a whole lot. Amen. It matters a great deal. What God's revealed Word says to you and I. Listen, let the world today have those other translations, but you stick to the book. You stick to the book that, that is, that is the, the, the published Word of God to the English-speaking people. And I promise you, God will begin to reveal things unto you. He'll give you that light, that enlightenment. That's a promise from God today. So the first thing that I want you to realize, He gives light to those who were in darkness, whether it's salvation 
or whether it's an understanding. God gives you understanding. God gives you wisdom. Understand that today to you that are saved. Now secondly, in verse 78 and 79 of our text, the Bible says, Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high had visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. Listen. We the redeemed are given here a peace of mind when it comes to our passing from this life to the next. The lost world does not know this kind of peace that we have. As I talked to Brother Horn the other day, he said, Brother, I want you to know I'm at peace. He said, that's the only thing I could say and that's the only way I can explain it. God has given me peace. You know what helps us in our passing moments? I remember the last words my dad said unto me. Some of the last words. He brought me to his side and he said, Son, dying ain't hard. If you know the Lord. You know why? Because God gives us peace and peace of mind during that transition. That transition that leaves this physical life to that spiritual realm is only a transition and separated by a short time. God gives us peace about that. God helps us to understand what Psalms is speaking of. When you think about, when you think about the Word of God where, where it says, uh, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. To the world outside, when I say that to the lost world, they don't understand that. And a matter of fact, some of them may get upset when I say that at a funeral. I've had some folks to question me on that. When you've preached as many funerals as, as I have, you'll get some questions from time to time. I had, I had one whole group of people one time get plumb aggravated at me just for preaching the gospel. But folks, I want you to know something. It's the gospel that makes a difference in the lost world out there. That man or woman that has died and is in that casket has already lived their life and there's nothing you can do for them. But preach the gospel to them that are out there. The Bible says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. God gives... I've, never, I've not been there yet. I can't imagine that. God has not given me that peace yet. He's not given me that kind of grace. We know that God is the God of all grace. And He gives every grace that we stand in need of at the time we need it. So dying grace also comes to the believer. Dying grace will take you to Psalm 23. For the Bible tells us that yet though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, though you're going right through it, you're not going to fear no evil. For thou art with us. 
You know, as I look at that scripture and I think about what I'm speaking on here tonight, this is one of those fundamental truths that, that God's people need to get a hold of because it reveals unto us a certain passing of fear and discord in our hearts and gives way to joy and peace when it is fulfilled itself. You know, I go back to Job in 23. And you know, as I, as I look at Luke 1, 79, He came to give light to them that sat in darkness and the shadow of death. It is, is as if He takes us by the hand and He walks close by our side during the most difficult time of our life. As I sat and I watched my, my dad pass from this life to the next. And yes, there's people today who look at me and say, well, you're, you're being morbid again. Folks, I want you to know something. One of the sweetest experiences I ever saw was a suffering man come to ease just before he passes to the other side. <clears throat> the Bible states it like this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Folks, what I want you to hear tonight is that during that time of our life, He's going to be with us. And He's going to be by our side. He's going to lead us from this life to the next life. I don't believe that He sends St. Peter to usher us in. I believe He stands there with His arms open wide just like He did with Stephen. When Stephen was stoned to death, He stood there with His arms outreached, ready to receive Him into His arms. Folks, I believe at that moment of our passing, we see the Sovereign of the universe standing there with His arms outstretched. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, I, I go back to I go back to the book of Acts there where, where he, he stood there as his leader, as his, as his preacher, as his deacon, as his word, as it was going forth. They were stoning that poor, that poor saint of God. He was standing there and he was received up into the heavens. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. It's like I said, it's like he takes us by the hand and he walks close beside us. There are those in life who continually rebel against the light, but their end is not like that of the redeemed. Job 24 talks about it. If you'll go back there, we're right here fairly close. Go to Job 24 for just a moment. And notice what it says right here in verse 13. Job 24 and 13. They are those that rebel against the light. They know not the ways thereof, nor abide in the paths thereof. You know what happens? They groan in utter discord. They rebel. So the rebel knows not the way of peace. 
which Psalm 23, 4 speaks of. As a matter of fact, you go back to Psalm and chapter 3. In Psalm and chapter 3, I want you to look at this with me for just a moment as we're dealing with this thing that so many people, uh, they wish the preacher would never talk about death. Folks, realize something. We that are saved, we don't have to fear death no more. There is no fear in death for the redeemed. It's only our passing from this life to the next. It's our, it's our going home to that great reunion day where all of our loved ones have already gone. You know, it's like I said, you know, a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day with the Lord. Listen, time is irrelevant. When we get there, they're going to turn around and say, well, there he is. There she is. We've been waiting on you. You know what? There's going to be a lot of precious moments when we get to heaven. A lot of precious moments when we get together with our loved ones. But I dare say, the greatest moment we'll ever have is when we stand before our sovereign Savior. <laughs> Revelation 5 speaks of it very dearly. If you remember when John was standing there and was summoned to come as they were getting ready to break the seals of the book. There's a great celebration going on. You know why? Because in chapter 4, the saints of God have been gathered home. In chapter 5, we're still, we're still in joyous mode. We're still rejoicing around the throne of God. And then everybody has a hush comes over the land. Because the Ancient of Days has summoned someone to open the seals of the book. And as John looked around heaven, he did not see a soul. There was no man who was able to open the book. And John wept. You know why? Because John was not able either to open the books. But, <laughs> I get excited over this. Think about it. In the midst of all the celebration, right in the middle of everything, up stood a lamb as it had been slain. So that tells me that as you look at your Savior when we get to heaven, you're going to see exactly what He looked like when He come off the cross. The Bible says up in the midst of it rose the Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, and He was there. He was that little babe that was born in that manger. Back there in Bethlehem that we spoke of this morning. As John spoke of that light that was going to... As John leaped in the womb of his mother when Mary told her about what the angel had said unto her. John the Baptist leaped in Elizabeth's womb for joy, the Bible says. You know why? Because there was the line of the tribe of Judah and he was ready to open the seals of the book. Oh, child of God today, we're blessed beyond measure. Job, Job spoke about that, did he not? Again, the rebel knows nothing about what we're talking about. Yes, God leads us through the darkness of death. 
And do you know and understand this kind of peace I ask you today? Or does death strike chords of fear in you? The saint has no reason to fear. For the Bible says in Luke 1 that we have a Savior, the sovereign of the universe, who's going to walk beside us. He's going to lead us in the way of peace. As it says in verse 79, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Salvation brings with it peace of mind and peace of spirit. Do you know that kind of peace today? Philippians 4 speaks of that peace that passeth all understanding. Do you have that today? If Listen, if you was to be facing death today, could you face it? You see, that's a very, very pointed question to you. If you cannot, you need to understand why. Is it because you have no hope of the hereafter? Listen to me. There will be a hereafter for every soul upon the earth. Whether it's in heaven or whether it's in hell. Ecclesiastes 12.5 says we are all going to our long home one day. Our long home. Where is your long home? Does death strike chords of fear in your heart? Listen to the redeemed. It's only our passing from this place to that place. It's just like opening the door and closing it. That's the reason why the redeemed do not fear when death comes. You know, as I sit there and look at that right now, I think, I, think, well, I don't know, I don't know. But you know what? When that moment comes, that grace is given to every child of God. Called dying grace. That's what our dear brother across the way has. That's the reason why he said, brother, I'm at peace. I'm ready to go. I know what I'm looking forward to. And I know what faces me and I'm at peace with that. Because I know what's on the other side. And it's just like the message that I preached for Brother Cade. It's real. When that old preacher died, they asked me to do his sermon, that, that funeral. I tell you, I was, I couldn't believe it. Who am I to preach a man of God's funeral? But I preached that funeral. It's real. What would he say to you if he could get your attention tonight? He would tell you, he would tell you in your ear, listen, it's real, I told you. I'm here. It's real. Listen, the child of God has that kind of peace. It's real. It's real. And we shall know that peace that passeth all understanding. Do you wish for that kind of peace and that kind of life? One in which your very soul and spirit are at ease and restful. A feeling of utter relief and contentment. Trust God then. Trust, trust His Son. 
who came, who was born of a virgin, who lived among us all those years, 30, thought, what was it, 33 and a half years or so. He lived a life that you and I could never live. He fulfilled all of God's will. And then He laid down His life for those whom the Lord had given You believe that? You'll be saved just right where you're sitting. And you'll have that peace that passeth all understanding. Even in the face of death, you'll be able to stand there. Just like our dear brother. As he looked, at, as he, as he talked, spoke to me on the phone, he said, Brother Lybrook, he said, I want you to know, I am at peace. The Lord's given me that grace. You know what? That comes to every child of God who looks for it. Trust God tonight. Matthew chapter 11, as I get ready to come to a close, I want you to listen to this. Maybe you're here and you don't know the peace that I've been speaking of. Here's the way to get to it. Matthew eleven twenty eight. the Bible says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You want to find rest tonight for a weary soul? You want to find peace at the end of life's highway. It can only be found where Jesus Christ ended at the cross of Calvary. Folks, I want you to know something. Jesus Christ died on the cross to purchase our souls, to save us from our sins. And that peace only will come to those who know Him as Savior. Do you know Him tonight? Come to Him tonight. Trust the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Trust Him tonight. Put your trust in Him tonight and thou shalt be saved. Believe with all thine heart. That's what Paul would tell you tonight. He'd say, believe and thou shalt be saved. What am I going to believe, preacher? Believe the gospel. That's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Know that He died for you on the cross to make a difference in your life. That's when peace will come in, finally. I remember, I remember a young lady that said, Oh, oh, now I know the peace. Folks, I want you to know something. Life's a struggle without the Lord. You need the Lord tonight. Trust Him. And you'll find that peace that passeth all understanding. Let's all stand, please. Lord, as we bow before your throne tonight, we do thank you so much for the day which you've given us. What a wonderful day we've had. Lord, seeing all the children singing the songs in this community that uplift thy name and glorify thee. And also, Lord, just the fact that they see a church that loves and cares enough for them that they would take their Sunday evening to sing the songs of praise to them. 
Lord, I thank you for all that you've done today. I pray that your name has been lifted up and glorified in every move and act that we did. But now, Father, I come once again begging. I plead with you, Lord, save some lost soul tonight. May there be that one in this house tonight who has been troubled over life and the end of life. Lord, give them comfort and peace. Save them by your grace. Lord, I pray that you will walk with them along life's highway. Lord, I know that I don't even have to pray that you've promised that to every child of yours. That you're going to walk beside us all the way. So Lord, I pray for the salvation of lost souls tonight. I pray, dear God, that you would make a move upon the soul that's here tonight without you. May your spirit quicken them and make them alive. Draw them unto thyself tonight, O Father. Save them by your never dying grace. Lord, we'll not forget to give you all the praise and honor and glory. For it's in Jesus Christ's name, his sake that I pray. And amen. Have our song leader and our pianist to come. Let's go to 165. 165.